Welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynne Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all your brothers and sisters all around the world, that there's a lot of work to be done for mankind in all areas of society and all around the world is so very true, in our individual lives, for our collective consciousness, and for the healing of Mother Earth. And if what needed to be done was to be listed, it would be never ending. But when we begin with ourselves, and that's important, y'all, to recondition our hearts and minds to be more love, more love, more love in our daily lives, and sincerely radiate and express more of the loving energy of our own Mighty I Am Presence in thoughts, words, and actions as often as possible. We become the expression of love, the representation of the spirit of the living God within us. And that loving spirit is the power necessary to save us and raise us to the heights of heaven, a higher vibration. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light. And y'all be loved. The principles of truth are seven, he who knows these, understandingly, possesses the magic key before whose touch all the doors of the temple fly open. The seven hermetic principles, upon which the entire hermetic philosophy is based, are as follows. 1. The principle of mentalism, the all is mind, the universe is mental. This principle embodies the truth that all is mind. It explains that the all, which is the substantial reality underlying all the outward manifestations and appearances which we know under the terms of the material universe, the phenomena of life, matter, energy, and, in short, all that is apparent to our material senses, is spirit, which in itself is unknowable and undefinable, but which may be considered and thought of as a universal, infinite, living mind. It also explains that all the phenomenal world or universe is simply a mental creation of the all, subject to the laws of created things, and that the universe as a whole, and in its parts or units, has its existence in the mind of the all, in which mind, we live and move and have our being. This principle, by establishing the mental nature of the universe, easily explains all of the varied mental and psychic phenomena that occupy such a large portion of the public attention and which, without such explanation, are non-understandable and defy scientific treatment. An understanding of this great hermetic principle of mentalism enables the individual to readily grasp the laws of the mental universe, and to apply the same to his well-being and advancement. The hermetic student is enabled to apply intelligently the great mental laws, instead of using them in a haphazard manner. 
With the master key in his possession, the student may unlock the many doors of the mental and psychic temple of knowledge and enter the same freely and intelligently. This principle explains the true nature of energy, power and matter, and why and how all these are subordinate to the mastery of mind. One of the old hermetic masters wrote, long ages ago, he who grasps the truth of the mental nature of the universe is well advanced on the path to mastery. And these words are as true today as at the time they were first written. Without this master key, mastery is impossible, and the student knocks in vain at the many doors of the temple. 2. The principle of correspondence, as above, so below, as below, so above. This principle embodies the truth that there is always a correspondence between the laws and phenomena of the various planes of being and life. The old hermetic axiom ran in these words, as above, so below, as below, so above. And the grasping of this principle gives one the means of solving many a dark paradox and hidden secret of nature. There are planes beyond our knowing, but when we apply the principle of correspondence to them we are able to understand much that would otherwise be unknowable to us. This principle is of universal application and manifestation, on the various planes of the material, mental, and spiritual universe, it is a universal law. The ancient Hermetists considered this principle as one of the most important mental instruments by which man was able to pry aside the obstacles which hid from view the unknown. Its use even tore aside the veil of Isis to the extent that a glimpse of the face of the goddess might be caught. Just as the knowledge of the principles of geometry enables man to measure distant suns and their movements, while seated in his observatory, so a knowledge of the principle of correspondence enables man to reason intelligently from the known to the unknown. Studying the monad, he understands the archangel. 3. The principle of vibration, nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. This principle embodies the truth that everything is in motion, everything vibrates, nothing is at rest, facts which modern science endorses, and which each new scientific discovery tends to verify. And yet this hermetic principle was enunciated thousands of years ago, by the masters of ancient Egypt. This principle explains that the differences between different manifestations of matter, energy, mind, and even spirit, result largely from varying rates of vibration. From the all, which is pure spirit, down to the grossest form of matter, all is in vibration, the higher the vibration, the higher the position in the scale. The vibration of spirit is at such an infinite rate of intensity and rapidity that it is practically at rest, just as a rapidly moving will seems to be motionless. And at the other end of the scale, there are gross forms of matter whose vibrations are so low as to seem at rest. Between these poles, there are millions upon millions of varying degrees of vibration. From corpuscle and electron, atom and molecule, to worlds and universes, everything is in vibratory motion. This is also true on the planes of energy and force, which are but varying degrees of vibration, and also on the mental planes, whose states depend upon vibrations, and even onto the spiritual planes. An understanding of this principle, with the appropriate formulas, enables hermetic students to control their own mental vibrations, as well as those of others. The masters also apply this principle to the conquering of natural phenomena, in various ways. He who understands the principle of vibration, has grasped the scepter of power, says one of the old writers. 4. The principle of polarity, everything is dual, everything has poles, everything has its pair of opposites, like and unlike are the same, opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree, extremes meet, all truths are but half-truths, all paradoxes may be reconciled. This principle embodies the truth that everything is dual, 
everything has two poles, everything has its pair of opposites, all of which were old hermetic axioms. It explains the old paradoxes, that have perplexed so many, which have been stated as follows, thesis and antithesis are identical in nature, but different in degree, opposites are the same, differing only in degree, the pairs of opposites may be reconciled, extremes meet, everything is and isn't, at the same time, all truths are but half-truths, every truth is half-false, there are two sides to everything, etc., etc., etc. It explains that in everything there are two poles, or opposite aspects, and that opposites are really only the two extremes of the same thing, with many varying degrees between them. To illustrate, heat and cold, although opposites, are really the same thing, the differences consisting merely of degrees of the same thing. Look at your thermometer and see if you can discover where heat terminates and cold begins. There is no such thing as absolute heat or absolute cold, the two terms heat and cold simply indicate varying degrees of the same thing, and that same thing which manifests as heat and cold, is merely a form, variety, and rate of vibration. So heat and cold are simply the two poles of that which we call heat, and the phenomena attendant thereupon are manifestations of the principle of polarity. The same principle manifests in the case of light and darkness, which are the same thing, the difference consisting of varying degrees between the two poles of the phenomena. Where does darkness leave off, and light begin? What is the difference between large and small? Between hard and soft? Between black and white? Between sharp and dull? Between noise and quiet? Between high and low? Between positive and negative? The principle of polarity explains these paradoxes, and no other principle can supersede it. The same principle operates on the mental plane. Let us take a radical and extreme example, that of love and hate, two mental states apparently totally different. And yet there are degrees of hate and degrees of love, and a middle point in which we use the terms like or dislike, which shade into each other so gradually that sometimes we are at a loss to know whether we like or dislike or neither. And all are simply degrees of the same thing, as you will see if you will but think a moment. And, more than this, and considered of more importance by the Hermetists, it is possible to change the vibrations of hate to the vibrations of love, in one's own mind, and in the minds of others. Many of you, who read these lines, have had personal experiences of the involuntary rapid transition from love to hate, and the reverse in your own case and that of others. And you will therefore realize the possibility of this being accomplished by the use of the will, by means of the hermetic formulas. Good and evil are but the poles of the same thing, and the hermetist understands the art of transmuting evil into good, by means of an application of the principle of polarity. In short, the art of polarization becomes a phase of mental alchemy known and practiced by the ancient and modern hermetic masters. An understanding of the principle will enable one to change his own polarity, as well as that of others, if he will devote the time and study necessary to master the art. 5. The principle of rhythm, everything flows, out and in, everything has its tides, all things rise and fall, the pendulum swing manifests in everything, the measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left, rhythm compensates. This principle embodies the truth that in everything there is manifested a measured motion, to and fro, a flow and inflow, a swing backward and forward, a pendulum-like movement, a tide-like ebb and flow, a high tide and low tide, between the two poles which exist in accordance with the principle of polarity described a moment ago. There is always an action and a reaction, an advance and a retreat, a rising and a sinking. This is in the affairs of the universe, suns, worlds, men, animals, mind, energy, and matter.
This law is manifest in the creation and destruction of worlds, in the rise and fall of nations, in the life of all things, and finally in the mental states of man, and it is with this latter that the Hermetists find the understanding of the principle most important. The Hermetists have grasped this principle, finding its universal application, and have also discovered certain means to overcome its effects in themselves by the use of the appropriate formulas and methods. They apply the mental law of neutralization. They cannot annul the principle, or cause it to cease its operation, but they have learned how to escape its effects upon themselves, to a certain degree, depending upon the mastery of the principle. They have learned how to use it, instead of being used by it. In this and similar methods, consists the art of the Hermetists. The master of Hermetics polarizes himself at the point at which he desires to rest, and then neutralizes the rhythmic swing of the pendulum which would tend to carry him to the other pole. All individuals who have attained any degree of self-mastery do this to a certain degree, more or less unconsciously, but the master does this consciously, and by the use of his will, and attains a degree of poise and mental firmness almost impossible of belief on the part of the masses, who are swung backward and forward like a pendulum. This principle and that of polarity have been closely studied by the Hermetists, and the methods of counteracting, neutralizing, and using them form an important part of the Hermetic mental alchemy. 6. The principle of cause and effect, every cause has its effect, every effect has its cause, everything happens according to law, chance is but a name for law not recognized, there are many planes of causation, but nothing escapes the law. This principle embodies the fact that there is a cause for every effect, an effect from every cause. It explains that, everything happens according to law, that nothing ever merely happens, that there is no such thing as chance, that while there are various planes of cause and effect, the higher dominating the lower planes, still nothing ever entirely escapes the law. The Hermetists understand the art and methods of rising above the ordinary plane of cause and effect, to a certain degree, and by mentally rising to a higher plane they become causes instead of effects. The masses of people are carried along, obedient to environment, the wills and desires of others stronger than themselves, heredity, suggestion, and other outward causes moving them about like pawns on the chessboard of life. But the masters, rising to the plane above, dominate their moods, characters, qualities, and powers, as well as the environment surrounding them, and become movers instead of pawns. They help to play the game of life, instead of being played and moved about by other wills and environment. They use the principle instead of being its tools. The masters obey the causation of the higher planes, but they help to rule on their own plane. In this statement there is condensed a wealth of hermetic knowledge, let him read who can. 7. The principle of gender, gender is in everything, everything has its masculine and feminine principles, gender manifests on all planes. This principle embodies the truth that there is gender manifested in everything, the masculine and feminine principles ever at work. This is true not only of the physical plane, but of the mental and even the spiritual planes. On the physical plane, the principle manifests as sex, on the higher planes it takes higher forms, but the principle is ever the same. No creation, physical, mental, or spiritual, is possible without this principle. An understanding of its laws will throw light on many a subject that has perplexed the minds of men. The principle of gender works ever in the direction of generation, regeneration, and creation. Everything, and every person, contains the two elements or principles, or this great principle, within it, him, or her. Every male thing has the female element also, every female contains also the male principle. 
If you would understand the philosophy of mental and spiritual creation, generation and regeneration, you must understand and study this hermetic principle. It contains the solution to many mysteries of life. We caution you that this principle has no reference to the many base, pernicious and degrading lustful theories, teachings and practices, which are taught under fanciful titles, and which are a prostitution of the great natural principle of gender. Such base revivals of the ancient infamous forms of phallicism tend to ruin mind, body and soul, and the hermetic philosophy has ever sounded the warning note against these degraded teachings which tend toward lust, licentiousness, and perversion of nature's principles. If you seek such teachings, you must go elsewhere for them, hermeticism contains nothing for you along these lines. To the pure, all things are pure, to the base, all things are base. The Kabbalion, by Three Initiates, 1912 Volume 2, Chapter 7 In the Ephite Gems of King, Gnostics, we find the name Eau repeated, and often confounded with that of Evo, while the latter simply represents one of the genii antagonistic to Abraxas. In order that these names may not be taken as identical with the name of the Jewish Jehovah we will at once explain this word. It seems to us surpassingly strange that so many learned archaeologists should have so little insisted that there was more than one Jehovah, and disclaimed that the name originated with Moses. Eau is certainly a title of the Supreme Being and belongs partially to the ineffable name, but it neither originated with, nor was it the sole property of the Jews. Even if it had pleased Moses to bestow the name upon the tutelar spirit, the alleged protector and national deity of the chosen people of Israel, there is yet no possible reason why other nationalities should receive him as the highest and one living God. But we deny the assumption altogether. Besides, there is the fact that Yaho or Eau was a mystery name from the beginning and never came into use before King David. Anterior to his time, few or no proper names were compounded with Aya or Jah. It looks rather as though David, being a sojourner among the Tyrians and Philistines, to Samuel, brought thence the name of Jehovah. He made Zadok high priest, from whom came the Zadokites or Sadducees. He lived and ruled first at Hebron, Habiron or Kabir town, where the rites of the four, mystery gods, were celebrated. Neither David nor Solomon recognized either Moses or the law of Moses. They aspired to build a temple too, like the structures erected by Hiram to Hercules and Venus, Adon and Astarte. Says first, the very ancient name of God, Yaho, written in the Greek iota Alpha Omega, appears apart from its derivation, to have been an old mystic name of the supreme deity of the Shemites. Hence it was told to Moses when initiated at Horeb, the cave, under the direction of Jethro, the Kenite or Canite priest of Midian, in an old religion of the Chaldeans, whose remains are to be found amongst the Neoplatonists, the highest divinity enthroned above the seven heavens, representing the spiritual light principle, new and also conceived as Demiurgus, was called Iota Alpha Omega, who was, like the Hebrew Yaho, mysterious and unmentionable, and whose name was communicated to the initiated. The Phoenicians had a supreme god whose name was trilateral and secret, and he was Iota Alpha Omega. But while first insists that the name has a Semitic origin, there are other scholars who trace it farther than he does, and look back beyond the classification of the Caucasians. In Sanskrit we have Ja and Jaya, or Ja and Jaga, and this throws light on the origin of the famous festival of the car of Chaganat, 
commonly called Jagannath. Hav means he who is, and Dr. Spiegel traces even the Persian name of God, Ahura, to the root Ah, which in Sanskrit is pronounced as, to breathe and Asu, became, therefore, in time, synonymous with spirit. Rawlinson strongly supports the opinion of an Aryan or Vedic influence on the early Babylonian mythology. We have given, a few pages back, the strongest possible proofs of the identity of Vishnu with Dagon. The same may be adduced for the title of Iota Alpha Omega, and its Sanskrit root traced in every country. Jew or Jovis is the oldest Latin name for God. As male he is Jupiter, or Jew, the father, Pitar being Sanskrit for father, as feminine, Juno or Jew, the comforter, being the Phoenician word for rest and comfort. Professor Max Mulla shows that although Diaus, sky, does not occur as a masculine in the ordinary Sanskrit, yet it does occur in the Veda, and thus bears witness to the early Aryan worship of Diaus, the Greek Zeus, the Veda. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 17 You have not used our feeling precious ones. You have been aware of discord in your own feeling world, and you have used your violet flame some, but consciously command the energy in your emotional world, your feeling world, to feel the fire of our love, our fiery perfection that will never accept anything of discord. Then our actual energy in you, the radiation from our own heart's flame, would come into the energy of your feeling world and would qualify it with our eternal power, that forever refuses acceptance to discord. Through constant talking, through your attention on outer things, through the general turmoil in the atmosphere of Earth, mankind generates certain rates of vibration that attract to themselves, more of their kind. And therefore, in order to shut off that which disturbs you, you should definitely take command of the energy of your feeling world and charge it with our fire presence, our fire perfection, and our fire command that naught but our perfection could be allowed to register in your feeling world. Because the energy of your feeling world, being one with the energy of all mankind, is vibrating with a certain octave, or certain frequencies of vibration, and since those play everywhere in the feeling world of mankind, unless you raise that to the attunement of our feeling world and the fire of our perfection, you are at any time likely to be touched by those outer conditions, unless our fire comes into you. And this has been the purpose of my charging into you, calling your attention to the use of my fire presence. If you demand that all the energy in your feeling world, be now made my fire presence of eternal perfection that never allows any outer vibration to touch it, you would go serenely on your way accomplishing one gigantic thing after another, and you would not know what delay or interruption, or opposition would be. You're going to have to charge the energy of your feeling world with our cosmic fire if you are going to remain independent of, and eternally untouched by the vibratory action that is the disturbance of the outer world. And just as surely as you put on a raincoat or a warm cloak to go out into a change of atmosphere, will you have to put on our activities of the cosmic fire, if you are to move among conditions of the outer world and not be touched by their discord or their dominating activity that swings to control the rest of mankind. I plead with you, take definite time, it only takes a moment, if your feelings become disturbed, to stop in an instant and demand that your blessed I am presence and any one of us charge our fire presence of our eternal cosmic fire of perfection into all the energy of your feeling world. That would stop instantly any vibratory action that was discordant. 
It would purify the substance, and it would form about you an atmosphere of the sacred fire. And you are going to need this my dear ones. Beloved Mighty Jesus the Christ. Were you just to take the energy of your feeling world in hand and charge this fire into it continuously, your violet consuming flame or the unfed flame or the sevenfold flame of the seven mighty Elohim or the sevenfold flame of any quality that you might require, and then you just keep charging that into the energy of your feeling world, you would soon come to the point, when you used our fire presence of perfection without limit, you would soon come to the point where illness could never touch you. Epidemics could not register. Discord would not connect with your energy. The main focus of the sinister force to connect with an individual's energy, is directly into the feeling world, and therefore, if you feel our fire presence of perfection into the energy of your world, if you feel us deeply enough, we will be there in the tangible body. Applause. Thank you precious ones. Won't you be seated, please? Now I have a very important reason for stressing this tonight. If you will do this and keep the energy of your feeling world charged and charged and charged with our fire presence of perfection of eternity, just charge it in there and be unconcerned. When this reaches a certain momentum and we are able to come to you, there will not be the time again when we would have to recede, and you would miss us. Once we come, we would come continuously, or at least from time to time as the requirement presented itself. And then there would be no more experience of being separated from us, when you knew that at any moment, because of the sacred fire in your own feeling world, we could always reach to you, and you could reach up to us. It is so easy, it is so simple, it is so real it is so powerful, it is so tangible that we want you to have this as soon as possible. You have but to still the constant, incessant vibratory action of the feeling world. You have but to settle the constant disturbance in the energy of your feeling world in order to let our fire presence come into you and hold command and still the outer self until we appear and give you the assistance from time to time that can only come in the visible, tangible body. Just learn to control the feeling, the energy of your emotional world. If you want it still, compel it to be still and be at peace in that stillness, instead of under a strain and tension of trying to hold it when it wants to wiggle all the time. There is a vast difference between the mastery of the sacred fire of our perfection and just the domination of the human will, that holds control of it for a while and then lets it have its own way again. The wiggles in the outer self are something incessant. It's just like the waves of the ocean, they're just going somewhere all the time. And that's due to human desire, because that outer self has never been taught obedience to the mighty I am presence and stillness, until it could feel the love in the great great silence. Beloved Mighty Jesus the Christ Anytime you want to control this outer self, command it to be still and feel the love in the great great silence, for that does not have any turmoil within it. Once you enter deep into that love of the great great silence, you will begin to see the light, and the light will hold your attention and reveal to you what you require, if the body is kept quiet. But if the light begins to come, and the presence starts to reveal to you that which you want to know, if the body is allowed to wiggle, you have changed the vibratory action like that, and the light is gone. But when you command our fire presence of eternal perfection to charge into and qualify all the energy of your feeling world, you will come into a peace, that when you enter into the great great silence, and its love there begins to give you its blessing, and show you in the light that which you need to know, the outer self will not rob you of the gift that your presence or any one of us would be able to give you from the light in the great great silence. If that is left undisturbed, we could reveal to you anything, and you would never make another mistake. 
But if you enter into the stillness and begin to let the light come and then the body has got the wiggles again, just as sure as you breathe will you find the light close off, because the very vibratory action of restlessness in the feeling world is due to tension that won't let the light come through. If you keep filling yourselves with my fire presence of eternal perfection of any special quality you desire, whether you feel discomfort or not should not make any difference with your application. Keep charging this through at least once an hour, day after day, and in 30 days you'll be amazed at the difference of the relaxation of the body, the health, the poise, the response of the body conditions to the greater perfection, which is within my fire presence of eternity. Beloved Mighty Jesus the Christ. Thank you.